Hello and welcome back to the Go For Two podcast. I'm Liam, your host, and today I'm joined by the NFC East biggest fan. It is Patrick. Patrick, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, excellent. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Been looking forward all week to doing a bit of uh, NFC East preview, and I bet you have just because of a certain team that's maybe taking a step back that you get to talk about, so that should be fun. Yeah, definitely. Uh, overall, I think that the division is a little better than the last couple of years, would you not say? Yeah, I think it is truly back to NFC East now. It was NFC least for about two and a half years. Uh, ESPN was really dragging that that nickname out, so I do think we're uh, we're back a little bit now, especially with all the uh, how good all the teams' drafts and free agents were. But apart from one, maybe <laughs> that we'll talk about. Um, but yeah, plan is, as you can probably gather, people is we're going to do the uh, the NFC East preview today. Um, we'll start off with. Uh, going through some of last year's stuff, and then we'll hit each team's kind of off-season, then we'll do some predictions for the forthcoming season. But uh, in terms of news, we are, like we said last week, we're pretty much in the dead zone, so these podcasts aren't going to have much news. But um, Deshaun Watson's case with the NFL for disciplinary for this season has finished. It finished yesterday. Uh, there's no timeline for when the result will be in, what the result might be. There's no leaks. They're not expecting there to be any leaks. They want to release a proper statement, just in fairness to the victims, apparently. So we're probably going to hear whenever everyone else hears. Um, so, yeah, we don't know anything. We just know it's finished. It was three days long uh, in front of a judge, which I didn't know they did it in front of a judge. Um, but they did it in front of a judge, and we'll see what comes from that. But there's no real news, because like I said, there's no ban. But that's the only thing, really, that's happened this week in the NFL. Um Let's move over to NFC East End. Last year, 12-5 and five Cowboys won the division. Uh, your Eagles, 9-8, and eight, finished second. Commanders were third. I didn't realise they had seven wins, by the way, until I looked today. Yeah, it was no, it's the same year. When I look back, 7-10. Yeah, oh, that's okay, isn't it? For was it 7-10 or was it 7-9-1? and one? Was it 7-9-1? It might be 7-9-1, by the way. I don't remember the tie if it was. I'll have a look. But um, yeah, I didn't have a clue that they won that many games. I thought, I was like, who finished last in the division? I was definitely the Giants, but Washington must have finished pretty close. And I looked and I was like, Jesus, they had seven wins. Yeah, seven and ten. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, so yeah, that did surprise me. And then Giants finished, what, four and 13 again? And when we were talking pre draft, I think we had a couple of discussions, didn't we, where the Giants have had the least amount of wins now in the last five years, is it? Maybe 10, but I think it's definitely the last five years. So Yeah, um, I actually saw the graphic, uh, believe it or not, last night, and uh, it's the Giants and Jets at the top for the last five years. <laughs> what a city. We need to combine the two teams. Come on, guys. We'll combine <laughs> the teams and we'll get London franchise or Seattle or Kansas. Oh, no, Kansas City's already got one. Who am I thinking of? Who's the other team that everyone says should have one that doesn't have one? One of the big cities. It's always like San Antonio's always. Yeah, San Antonio, yeah. Kansas City's always for the NBA where everyone's saying they should have one. But yeah, San Antonio, um, keep it going in Texas. But uh, yeah, if they, keep, if they keep being this bad, we're going to have to do it. They share a stadium, so it'd be easy, easy enough. But um, uh, in terms of last year, again, uh, playoff-wise, Cowboys and Eagles both lost in the wild card. Cowboys lost to the 49ers and they had that weird... What was that thing at the end? Wasn't they didn't have enough time to get the kick off and then uh, <laughs> yeah, tried to slide? That was that was terrible ending. Um, Eagles obviously That's lost totally to the magnificent. <laughs> um, Eagles lost to uh, the Bucks, which wasn't great. That's probably one of the worst quarterback games I've seen from from Jalen Hurts in a long time. But uh, we'll talk about him later on. Uh, in terms of this year, before we move on to the team specifically, I know we mentioned it earlier, but it's an improved division. How good of a division do you think it is in the NFC? Um, because I would say the NFC overall is weaker, isn't it, this year than it was last year? So is the NFC East caught up a little bit with those other divisions, maybe, apart from the West? 
Yeah, yeah, I would say that the West has taken a slight step back. Last year they had three double-digit teams. We'll see about that this season. Obviously the Seahawks, I don't think, are going to get to seven and ten like they were last year. The North, um, obviously they have two poor teams, I think, in Chicago and Detroit, and then two good teams in Minnesota and Green Bay. But then the South as well has got the Bucks, and we don't know what the Saints are going to be like. We're not expecting the Falcons and the Panthers to be that good. So... There's no reason now why the East shouldn't be seen as it was kind of like three plus years ago as a kind of a strong division. So I'm expecting, I mean, it depends how it kind of works out with the schedule. I'm expecting most teams to, if not equal, then beat their win totals from last season, except for Dallas, who won 12 games, which was, I mean, they were one of the better teams last season in the NFC. and football overall weren't they? especially offensively so but i'm expecting a big big improvement from the division yeah i think we could see um could see some overs for the for the win for the winters sure when we have a betting preview later on in the off season we do look at some winters and we see if we go over under them i think we'll probably go over a lot on these ones just because i think they're going to be low because of last year's seasons but i do think the teams have actually improved quite a lot especially the the giants and the eagles um Cool, let's look at the off-seasons then from the teams. We'll start with the teams that won the division in the Cowboys. Uh, coaching changes, there were no major ones. I know they changed a couple of linebacker coaches, offensive line, but it's the same OC and DC as it was last year, um, which is shocking to me because I did think after that playoff incident that McCarthy would get fired. I don't know what you thought, but that's kind of where I thought the off-season would go. Uh, yeah, I mean, especially after the whole kind of brain fart of what happened when Dak went galloping through the middle of the field last on the end of the um, wild card game but yeah I expected uh, McCarthy to go but maybe it was just more wishful thinking on the fact from Dallas fans who weren't uh, not enamoured with him at all but I'm quite glad he's staying as like a, as just as an Eagles fan then looking back at him as a football fan I can see why they have made the decision to keep him with 12 wins so yeah yeah. Uh, in terms of player additions, Dante Fowler coming back over um, to join his former head coach in, in, in Atlanta to play with these guys on the edge. Um, James Washington's come over from the Steelers. Um, but unfortunately, free agent slash trade losses are definitely the main one. So we've got Randy Gregory went to Denver. Amari Cooper has gone to Cleveland. Lyle Collins has gone to the Bengals. And then Cedric Wilson's gone to Miami. And there are other players as well that left. They're kind of the main four. Um, which is really, really bad for them. Uh, one of the worst ones in terms of free agents. Uh, in terms of draft picks, um, they got Tyler Smith in the first round, a bit of a controversial pick. I think I liked him more than some, but a lot of people thought saw him as more of a second rounder. They picked him in the first. Uh, Sam Williams, who can rush off the edge as well, which they obviously need after after losing Gregory. So, um, And then finally, strength for schedule-wise, this whole division has gone incredibly easy. I looked earlier. It's the easiest four teams. If you add the four teams up together, it's the easiest four um, that you'll see a couple of others have got really easy ones as well, but there's also bad a bad strength schedule in there. But um, this is the one where, where where most teams have got an easy one. So Cowboys sit a tenth easiest in the league, which is pretty nice for a team that that did as well as they did. Um, let's start with the off season before we move to the depth charts. Uh, how kind of how different is this roster for you? Because it was arguably the best offensive weapons in the league last year. That's not the case anymore. Um, defense, I do think, is slightly worse than last year. Um, but also they got rid of a lot of players that are always injured as well. So it is a hard one to judge with the Cowboys team. Yeah, 
I, I think I said I've said it a few times. I think the, the the scary thing is like just like looking from a fan perspective is that the Cowboys were built to win last season, and I was pretty scared halfway through the season that they were going to go all the way to the Super Bowl. Is that? And I, I try not to view kind of sport like that, but at some point that that does kick in, and you think, my God, we just please lose. Is <laughs> <laughs> you just get you get that out of your system? But as far as the roster goes this year, obviously you lost Cooper to the Browns, Lyle Collins gone to the Bengals, so that automatically for me makes you immediately weaker. With what's coming to replace them is not great. Obviously Cedric Wilson as well, kind of a underrated guy. As and he played forty three percent of the offensive snaps. So yeah, it's a strange one with them then getting galloping on the, on the big deal who only played kind of 40% of the snaps I don't know I don't see Gallup as kind of like a true maybe I, I know he's a wide receiver too because of um, CD Lamb but I'm not sure I'm not sure that the decisions have made are, are going to be the best for the for the team on the field to be honest so I'm expecting to take a step back this season as maybe Dak takes a step slightly forward again, which has been progressing throughout his career, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So I think he had a bit of an injury, didn't he, at the end of last season, um, which definitely was a was a factor in it. But yeah, he did he did take a step back towards the end of the year, and that might happen again. It depends. There's a lot of talk that they might get him to use his legs more this season, which which we'll see how that works out. But in terms of the off-season, yeah, I, I didn't like the fact they lost Cooper for, for so little. I, I think I would have kept him regardless of the cap. I'm not as bad against Gregory, um, all their D-line get injured quite a lot. And I know John Fowler's not great, but maybe it's time to move on. Then next summer they can find an edge rusher in the draft or whatever. I, just, I wasn't as against that one as other people, but I do feel like losing Cedric Wilson and Cooper in the same offseason is not great um, for the offense. If we look at that offensive depth chart then, um, offensive line is still pretty good, to be fair. Terrence Steele will go in at right tackle, played a lot last year, not great. But I think maybe another year starter, he, he could improve. Um, he'll play better if Zach Martin plays a full season next to him at right guard. Um, we'll see who they start at centre. It, it was Tyler Biadish last year. Um, didn't play very well to start of the year, but ended it pretty strong. Tyler Smith at guard, um, who could obviously play tackle, but could also play guard. And then Tyrone Smith will play left tackle, but again, also has a few injuries. And they also drafted like Weletsko in the fifth round, who's someone that I thought could be really, really good. So um, still a good offensive line. But then your weapons now, Gallup, Lamb, James Washington. Um, with like Fahoko and Noah Brown. So for me, uh, it's taken a step back in the division as a weapons core, really, rather than the whole the NFC. Do you think that's going to be the downfall? Like, are they going to have to lean on this defense maybe more than you'd like to just because of the lack of weapons? Yeah, I, I don't think that the Cowboys having to lean on the defense is going to end that well, to be honest with you. I know they've got some great pieces on there, but I, I, I mean, we spoke about Trayvon Diggs last year didn't we? there's absolutely no way he replicates his interception numbers and compared with his you know catch completion numbers against any kind of wide receiver if those interception numbers come down I mean he, you don't really want him on the field do you because he was he was absolutely woeful at times but obviously his interception numbers were absolutely out of this world especially in the first half of the season it was kind of like Godly, wasn't it? He was just right place at the right time a lot of times. It's just great anticipation. But then that came with 
giving up massive, massive plays. So, yeah, I wouldn't want to lean on the defence too much as I was a Cowboys kind of fan. But I do like, uh, do quite like Jalen Tolbert that they got from South Alabama in the draft. But overall, the weapons don't scare me. I do think that Dalton Schultz is a really underrated tight end. I like him as well. Yeah, I think really underrated. Never gets a lot of chat around the the, the league or anything like that. But he's a he's an underrated player. And then the you know then you're going back to uh, Zeke. Obviously, I think he's sixth or seventh season in the league now. I, just for me, just it's quite sad to see actually because I did love him at Ohio State. Kind of just more tread on the tires each year, and he just kind of looks with us every single season. Tony Pollard, is he ready to be the number one guy? I'm not sure. Just overall, I just feel like this has taken a step back in roster talent on the offensive side, especially. Yeah, I'd agree. And we have already heard the talk of uh, a better off-season for uh, Zeke Elliott, um, healthier, lower weight, which did seem to be a problem um, last season. Tony Pollard as well. They're apparently going to line him out in the slot as a receiver more, which I, we'll see <laughs> if that happens and if that's good. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure how that running back room is going to work because sometimes it felt like they passed the ball like seven, eight, nine times in a row. Then there'd be other times where they drove the ball probably eight out of ten plays and it was like four for each running back and you, you didn't really know what the offense was. So it'd be nice if they kind of found something that worked for them and stuck with it. Because I do think Dalton Schultz is a good blocking tight end and can also kind of come off and catch passes. Very good in the red zone. Pollard's great at catching pass out the backfield. So I do think maybe they need to kind of do a little bit more dink and dunk at times rather than just long bombs to Cooper and Lamb, which it was last year. Uh, and then we'll see. Gallup might not be fit for the start of the season. I think that, that could definitely be a worry. Um, in terms of the defense, we'll see what they do with Parsons. Will they play him as a true linebacker, um, off-ball or Mike? Um, depending on what package they're in, or will they try and just get him to rush the passer? Uh, I do think they're probably going to rush him a little bit more than they did at the start of last season. Um, but then I think at the end of last season, because of injuries, he was rushing uh, rushing the passer all the time just because he was their only option. I don't think it'll be that. I do think they're going to ask him to drop and be a linebacker a little bit more than they did at the end of last year. Um, but they haven't really added any depth to the secondary like I wanted them to. I was a bit worried about that last season, and it didn't really matter just because of how many interceptions they got. But this year, if any like corner or safety gets injured, I'm a little bit worried about what's behind them. Yeah, I would say so. They didn't. I mean, they didn't use a draft pick at all, did they? On the secondary, obviously they got some undrafted in there. Oh no, sorry, they used a one fifth round pick, so no free agents really came in. So yeah, it's interesting if you can't keep up that level of kind of production and anticipation from your players in the secondary, it's. Yeah, it could get quite ugly in in some games, especially the, I think the division games of this is going to be so, so important because important to beat up each other in the division standings if the East wants two wild cards slots again, like last year. Yeah, yeah, true. I'm, I'm worried about this uh, defense stopping the run as well against some of these teams in the league. Like, you know, the Eagles are going to run the ball a lot. Washington are going to run the ball a lot. I don't know about the Giants. We'll see. We'll talk about them in a bit. But yeah, I do think their run defense isn't going to be great. But yeah, a bit of a weird one. Definitely, they're still favorites for the division. They are uh, five to four on favorites for the division at the moment. Um, like I said, the official win total for them isn't out. It has been out, but it's been taken taken off in England. So I think it was ten and a half. Um, but, yeah, definitely a step back for me, but we'll see. I do think this is where you need Dak 
to earn the money gets paid, isn't it? And just take a roster that's not as good because these weapons are way better than the Packers' weapons. Um, and you're going to trust Aaron, you're going to trust Aaron Rodgers to win 12 games this year at least, or 11 games at least. So Dak should be able to win 11 games of his weapons, in, in my opinion. I don't know what your thoughts on that, are, but if you're paying him that much money and you think he is a top QB like I do, uh, I think he should be able to win games with the weapons, even though they're not as good as you want them to be. No, I, I would agree with you. Whilst we've we have bagged a little bit on the weapons. They've still got some good talent out there. So if they can keep the two veteran linemen healthy as well and kind of fill in the gaps along yeah. the rest of the line, I'd expect them to win 11 games again, even though I'm hopeful as an Eagles fan that they do take that kind of step <laughs> back. But, you know, one win less is a step back because it opens up the division, yeah, those division winner. So, yeah. Yeah, it does. Um and you probably won't want to say this as an Eagles fan, but I do hope that Zach Martin has a full healthy season. Um, no, no, I'm, I'm not kind of that uh, fan of looking at that way in sports. I hope everyone is healthy and yeah, the best plays the best, right? That's what we want. Yeah, because he's such a true Hall of Famer and um, just struggle with injuries. I'd love to see him have a full healthy season. And uh, I don't really like Zeke Elliott, but um, if Tony Pollard's running and you've got people like Zach Martin fully healthy for the year, then they're going to run the ball well, aren't they? Um, they'll always run the ball well, especially in the red zone. They did last year. Um, as long as he's healthy, uh, they're very good in the red zone. So we'll, we'll see. Um, let's move over to your team then, the Eagles. Um, pretty good year last year. Like we said earlier, did make the playoffs and a lot of people think they wouldn't. Um, I remember watching the Chiefs-Eagles game, which was really weird, and then coming out of that thinking, like, I can't see the Eagles getting to seven wins, and then you win nine games again in the playoffs. Um, no major coaching changes um, in terms of player for agent additions. I'd be interested to know your thoughts on these. So Bradbury, who played for the Giants last year, that was a really clever contract. Um, Hassan Reddick, who I know you really like. And then Pascal, who people don't really know much about, but he was really good at the start of the season for Indy before he went down and got injured. So I think he's a nice little weapon. And then obviously they trade for, for AJ Brown on draft night. Um, is that the best set of free agent additions that the Eagles have had probably since they've won the Super Bowl, I'd argue. Oh, since they won the Super Bowl, yeah, it's incomparable, really. I mean, even without AJ Brown, it was still excellent. He's just kind of the, the cherry on top. James Bradbury probably is my favourite addition there because the secondary for the Eagles in the since the Super Bowl win has been below average and it always feels like they're just kind of trying to plug guys in there. So now with Bradbury and Darius Slay. For me, that feels like a, a great unit to, to be putting out there. The, the safeties is it's not it's not amazing, but I was quite happy with the free agent uh, edition of um, Jack Whiskey Tart as well from the fall. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, I was quite happy with that as a, as a late as a late signing. You can plug in kind of like a starter there. I was I was I was really pleased with that as well. But AJ Brown, I mean, that's the kind of the, the cherry on top, really. Now, but as we can discuss further, this the additions and then the draft that we'll talk about leaves the Eagles with no excuses. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about Tart. And when you actually add Bradbury and Tart, probably what two months after main free agents, maybe more, two and a half yeah. months since the main free agency, to be honest, maybe even three. Um, and you add Bradbury, who's a starting cornerback. I know he didn't play very well last year, but he's a cornerback too, really, probably, in this stage of his career. And then you add Tart, who actually played really well, aside from the playoff run for um, for the 49ers last year. 
Uh, he was really good in the regular season. I think that's just great additions. You only lost Stephen Nelson, who I hate, ex-Kansas City player, so I don't, he, he's annoying. I don't know what you felt like him, but he wasn't very good for me when I watched him play. And then Avery, who was a linebacker, and all I ever heard you say was how bad your linebackers are, so <laughs> I wouldn't be worrying about him. Um, and then in the draft, like you mentioned earlier, obviously AJ Brown was kind of part of the draft. I know people don't look at it that way, but he kind of was. Um, Jordan Davis was the other first-round pick. Cam Jurgens was uh, picked to could play guard this year um, if he needs to in a pinch, um, but is there for the Kelsey backup role. And then Nicobe Dean, who fell because of uh, injuries and height concerns and some other stuff. Um, he I can't remember if it was the third round in the end for him. Yeah, but, it was the third round. Yeah, but yeah, he was projected to be a top forty pick, even if he didn't go in the first round. So that could be a could be a hell of a steal. Uh, strength of schedule, you got the second easiest in the league. There's only one team with an easier schedule than you right now. And that's another team, in the division that we'll talk about last, but um, yeah. So from that sense, incredible off season um, coach who I thought did better than I thought he would last year. I'm still not sold, but I thought he did a lot better. Uh, DC who I, again, also wasn't sure on, but um, people wanted him for head coaching jobs. So he's also stuck around and then you've had a great draft. So I do think that's going to, going to be key. If we move to the offense, whilst we're talking about, um, talk about AJ Brown, uh, I know we spoke about quarterbacks recently on a different show, but in terms of this quarterback, is this it for him? This is the last year. This is your team. We've improved the weapons around you. Go and do it. Yeah, and I think when I said a minute ago, there's kind of no excuses for the Eagles overall as a team. You couldn't have given Jalen Hurts anything more this offseason than a roster that's now built to win. I mean, you, you kind of forget that... The, I mean, the Eagles were so bad at points last year, but still ended up getting in the playoffs. It was a poor performance, really, against the Buccaneers. But, you know, the, the records will still show that the playoffs were made. So they, there's nothing else, really, that the that Howie Roseman or anyone in the office could have done to help out Hurts this season. He's got A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, a wide receiver. Still got a solid running game. Great offensive line that's just got deeper as well with kind of Cam Jurgens if he needs to come in at guard at some point. Yeah, I mean, I'm not worried for him because I'm sure he will embrace the challenge, but his actual passing game has to improve now, especially down the field. We've got weapons to stretch the field and not everything can be kind of 10 to 15 yards for Dallas Goddard over the middle. So, yeah, it's... He has no choice but to improve, really. And it's not really kind of one of those where you can see marginal gains. He kind of needs to take the jump. And if he does take the jump, the Eagles can probably go a long way. Yeah, it's weird for him as well, because he does like the passes to the tight end. But in terms of um, kind of pinpoint accuracy, passing into tight windows, he loves the long bombs down the field. Quez Watkins got so many long bombs down the sideline that were quite tough throws. But he never really wants to kind of push the ball to like 10 to 20 yards difficult throws, does he? It's kind of all like, okay, play action, bomb, hard throw. Or it's like clever routes that the offense have got tight ends or running backs open. And then he can dump it off for, for 6 to 12 and, and hope they turn it into 15 plus. But yeah, I do find it odd that he does do the so many long... Because his passing range is basically either extremely short or extremely long. He's got nothing from like 20 to 30 yards. So I do hope he improves that. I think the I playoffs. Think, I think that was the thing about like Devonta Smith at times. I mean, especially to, from the, the beginning to the middle portion of the season, just wasn't being used in kind of that way. And that's who he is as a 
as a receiver. So yeah, that's the that's the kind of the big thing. Uh, he, he's got a great arm, as you, like you just said, that he loves the kind of the rollout and the long bomb. But you, you, your offense can't live and die off that. It needs your your twenty yard pickups, and I'm sure. I mean, with AJ Brown there as well, I'm sure that that will kind of improve when you've got Watkins stretching the field like that. He'll open it up more. But it does worry me the kind of the accuracy on on like the mid range throws. Yeah, and that, that's what I think they'll be trying to fix. And I also think that's why AJ Brown's there because Devontae Smith can also spend more time doing small intermediate routes, and AJ Brown can take the kind of X receiver down the field plays. Um, and they can also swap, and AJ Brown can catch a slant and take it for 40. So I think it gives a bit more depth. Whereas last year, I felt like they were trying to push Devontae into a down the field receiver, which he isn't necessarily just that. He's much more of a do everything receiver. Whereas now, AJ and Quez can do that, and then Devontae Smith can can do the stuff with, with Goddard underneath. So I do think it makes makes sense. Um, you lost a couple of veterans as well. You lost Brooks, didn't you, um, who retired this, this summer? Um, yeah. But I think that was why it was so important that even though Cam Jurgens is there, that Jason Kelsey stayed for another season. Um, because I just think his leadership on the offense and how he'll help Jalen Hurts and the locker room in general, I just think someone like that is, is really key for the transition from this team to being a Super Bowl team to like the next set of roster now, I think. Yeah, and no, I completely agree with you there. Just so important because the offensive line in itself is, obviously, you've got Lane Johnson right on tackle, but the left side still is... You know, Mile Arter obviously got himself a big contract, still not incredibly experienced. And he obviously got Landon Dixon, who's playing left guard. So he's just coming into his second year. So he needed that kind of steady presence of someone that has been to the Super Bowl and has taken on these expectations now. What if all of a sudden you've gone from a nine win team to kind of Eagles fans want to be seeing now deep into the NFC because. The NFC as a whole, as, we, as we've spoken about, is weak, isn't it, compared to the AFC? If the, if you drop the Eagles into the AFC East right now, I'd be thinking I will accept as a fan a wild card spot. But we're not in the AFC, we're in the NFC. So it's kind of <laughs> like want to be, want to be winning your division and then not really kind of enamoured with the Bucks nor the Rams this season, so... Yeah, I think the expectations are high. Yeah, yeah, they are high. I'd be interested to see what happens at running back as well. Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gamer, well, that'd be interesting. Um, quickly talk about the defence before we look at um, odds and stuff. Um, Fletcher Cox probably is last year. I know Hargrave will probably stick around for a bit of a longer deal. Uh, obviously, like we said with Reddick, really nice to get a younger, speedier pass rusher on the team can also drop back in coverage. Um, I hope they don't drop him back in coverage too much. <laughs> I hope they do let him, let him rush the passer. But it does seem like a nice mix. Still, overall, it's uh, an older defense, isn't it, than uh, than maybe you'd like. But I think the actual players, if people stay healthy, I think the front level, maybe not the depth, but the front level is really good, I think. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think uh, got some decent... Oh, I quite like Josh Sweat, and I also quite like uh, Milton Williams that was uh, drafted last year. I think that it's not, you know, it's not insane depth, but I think it's if if everyone stays healthy, it should be good enough for a, a solid playoff run. And could be missing that elite player at the front, but it, it feels good enough. 
Yeah, I would agree. Uh, in terms of the odds, we read out the Cowboys. So Eagles are seven to four to win the division. They are second favourite. Um, quite a lot closer to the odds than, than the other two teams we're, we're going to talk about. Um, so we'll see when we do our thing, our predictions at the end. We'll, we'll see where we have them. Uh, I think I know where you might be going with it, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, let's go to the third team then. Division, an odd one. Um, they are the Commanders now. Patrick will have to call them the commanders after the weeks of uh, trying not to. <laughs> uh, free agency, coaching-wise, again, very similar. However, they might be about to lose a coach if he keeps making ridiculous comments for anyone that's been following the news. Um, I, I don't know what position he coaches. I've completely forgotten now, but um, one of the commanders' coaches has had a lot to say online <laughs> recently. Um, free agent-wise, uh, Carson Wentz, I know that was obviously a trade, but that's a hell of an addition. He's going to be their starting QB. Trey Turner from the Steelers, who started a right guard for them, will probably start a right guard for the Commanders. Uh, Norwell, who started at left guard for the Jags last year and played actually quite well down the stretch, um, will play left guard for the Commanders. So overall, they've actually improved their offense because their offensive line was not great, really, apart from the left tackle last year. Um, And I think Wentz is a better QB than who they had last year, but that doesn't mean that he's very good, (laughs) but it means he's better. Uh, Biggest free agency losses... Um, Tim Settle, who went to the Bills, uh, he was really, really good for them last year. And then Brandon Scherf, who's finally got a payday. Uh, again, he was good good last year. Um, Frenzy-wise, they got Dotson in round one. Um, he went a lot earlier than I thought. I was surprised. We both said that we were surprised how high he got picked. Um, and then they got Mathis, who was also, I believe, from Alabama, um, another D lineman that they like to get. And then for the strength of schedule, uh, sixth easiest in the league. So like I said, this division is all very easy. This is sixth easiest. So not many long road trips. Um, they're not on national TV a lot, which means they get a lot of seven-day breaks. Um, and the actual teams they play, there's not many playoff teams from last year. So What, what about this for an opening duo? It's Commanders at home to the Jags, and then they travel to the Lions the next week. You've got to be 2-0 there. You seen uh, you seen Dan Campbell and Jared Goff, my guys. <laughs> That's one and one at best. For one. <laughs> one and one at best. But you definitely got to be going one and oh, I can tell you that. You know, <laughs> the Jags. Um, and that's funny as well because it's going to be obviously an ex-Eagles coach as well um, coming in with uh, going against Carson Wentz, which I find quite funny. Um, I guess we'll start there, depth chart-wise. We'll start on the offense just because we need to talk about the QB. Uh, do you agree with me that the QB position has improved this year, even though I think me and you are not Wentz's biggest fans? Yeah, no, of course it has. It's, it might not be a, a popular pick on uh, social media because just as <laughs> his, his character has gotten out, doesn't it? But, you know, they've added kind of an experienced guy who's... He's definitely an improvement on what they had. I mean, Heineke now is obviously the, the backup. You'd probably say he's one of the better backups in the league, and they'd be quite happy to step in if and when you know Wentz gets injured. And then behind that, they've got Sam Howell as well now, haven't they? We spoke about the other week. So, yeah, they've got an intriguing quarterback position, really. And if Wentz kind of can play within himself, because he was, he, was, he was decent at times for the Colts, and then, obviously, at times, he was like a complete abomination, wasn't he? I mean, against the Jags, you remember back the last game of the season, they played the Jags, didn't they? Yeah. It was, it was absolutely abysmal. So, <laughs> they'll be open for the kind of like the, the better version of, of Wentz. But overall, the depth shot, obviously, um, McLaurin got his deal this week as well, didn't he? Yeah, I think he's the third highest paid wide receiver now in new money. Um Really good deal for him. I'm glad he got that. 
because uh, he's played with some bad QBs, hasn't he? And got some really, really good stats. Yeah, yeah, he has. To be fair, it's you know something that someone that does intrigue me actually is obviously he was there last last year, but did absolutely nothing. Curtis Samuel. Yeah, injured pretty much all last year. So I had him on two fantasy yeah. teams, and uh, he was always injured after they spoke about uh, kind of using him in the off season as like a Debo Samuel type. Do you know what I mean? They were going to like catch passes out the backfield. They were going to make him run the ball like he did at Carolina. And then he just got injured all year and was never really healthy. So I'm interested to see how good he is because if you've got two wide receivers above him in the pecking order, I think he's a very, very good number three. I'm not sure Dotson is a great number two, but I think Curtis Samuel is a very, very good number three. Yeah, I would agree with you there. And then you've got kind of Cam Sims and Deami Brown after that. He's a pretty good set overall that they've put together. Obviously, it needs Samuel to be kind of back healthy and improving because obviously on paper last year it was kind of it was okay wasn't it but obviously he didn't yeah. uh, didn't really play much but what about Logan Thomas Do you like him as a tight end option caught a lot of passes last year yeah yeah I, I don't love him I mean I still remember him playing quarterback to be honest with you at uh, <laughs> Virginia Tech so he kind of kind of can't get that out of my mind but no I, I do like him I, do, I don't think he's uh the best in the division. Let's put it that way. No, oh, coming from a shot slash uh, <laughs> Eagles. <Don't>, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I probably agree. He's not the best in the division, but um, yeah, again, he's done good numbers with some pretty bad QBs. Um, I like the offensive line. Like I said, got we've mentioned the new additions, and you've got Leno Junior and Sam Cosme, a tackle who both played well last year. Cosme is only a second year player as well, so I think he'll improve. So I do like the offensive line. I think it's. I don't know if it's better than the Colts, because the Colts have got two really good ones. But the Colts had a lot of injuries last year on the offensive line, especially at left tackle. But I do think this offensive line is a bit more stable if they get if they can stay healthy. Um, what are your thoughts on the running back position? Because it's weird. They split carries. Um, Antonio Gibson was injured last year, but they still played him every week. They let J.D. McKissick walk to the Bills, and they decided to re-sign him after they realised how little the Bills paid him. Um, then they go and draft Brian Robinson, who is kind of like neither of the running backs. Um, I'm not sure, sure to make of this. I know we don't talk about fantasy loads, but I'm not sure how many snaps Gibson's going to get compared to other running back ones because I do think they, they might go with some weird three-back committee here this season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, first off, I should say that you don't listen to me when it comes to fantasy football, but <laughs> I have McKissick in so many leagues as well. I don't know how I ended up like, you know, it was always one of my late-round <laughs> late draft picks. He always catches passes, doesn't he, at the backfield, but... Yeah, it's real strange. Brian Robinson was such a strange draft pick in the third round. I just didn't feel that that was needed in any way, and they could have maybe got a little bit more depth somewhere else. But yeah, I mean, Antonio Gibson, he's kind of, it's like you, you kind of look at it from a fantasy football perspective that he's a kind of like a, he's been like an upper tier player, but I'm not sure that that's translated to kind of real-life football and kind of adding to the win total at all, which someone, I mean, he, he, as a third-round pick, you know, he's, he's, he's performed well, but I don't see him as kind of like an upper-echelon guy at all. I'm not sure whether you do, but I don't know. I just don't have that. I mean, I've seen him quite a lot as well, obviously, from in the division, so. Yeah, I'm similar to you, to be honest, on the thought process there. I'm, yeah, I'm similar to you. 
Um, oh, by the way, it's Jack Del Rio, wasn't it? The person I was on about earlier making the stupid comments. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest with you. There's a lot of Americans making some stupid comments at the moment, isn't there? It's not. <laughs> That's true. It's not just uh, Washington Commanders people, but it surprises me because Ron Rivera is such a good bloke. But then um, they'd they'd like Jack Del Rio, but clearly he doesn't. Um, let's go to the defense then. Uh, supposed to be the best in the league last year, or top three or four. I think we actually said the same that we thought it'd be a top five defense. Um, when I went back and listened to this episode for last year, I think we both said top five at worst. It wasn't top five at all. Um, the pass rush is filled with great players. However, none of them could seem to rush the passer, and they've lost Ionitis as well this year. So, what do you make of the defense? Because for me, on paper, it's still great. It's like it's really good. It's almost maybe better. Because they've added a couple more depth pieces, like I said, in Mathis. Um, and they've also added, I think, is it Percy Butler as another corner? Um, and they got rid of someone that I didn't like in Landon Collins. So I think overall it's better for me. But last year we thought they were going to be great and they really underperformed. So I don't really know what to make of it. Yeah, I would agree with you there. You kind of you live and die by pumping all your stock into draft picks, right? So you look at the depth chart now, you've got Jonathan Allen. He was 17 first round pick. Deron Payne, 18. Montez Sweat, 19. Chase Young, 2020. All first round picks in a row. Jamin Davis was uh, last year's first round pick as well. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of draft capital being used there. And yeah, Chase Young is kind of a, he's a freak, isn't he? But even his kind of numbers last year weren't where they would have expected him to be with the kind of talent level he's got. So they're living and dying by that offensive line. I don't think what is behind them is great, but that's kind of how it's built, isn't it? When you've put all the capital into your defensive line, you're hoping that's going to make the quarterback throw the ball faster and then decisions behind you become easier to make. So, yeah, I'm expecting it to be good again. On the, I'm not sure about top five, but I mean it didn't happen at all last year, did it? But I'm expecting that line again to be to be really good. I did say to you I wasn't sure that they needed kind of uh, Mathis from Alabama in the second round, but this is how they think that they're going to win football games. I mean it's not worked for them so far, has it? In the last kind of five years since they picked Jonathan Allen in the first round, but yeah, they're just living and dying by that. I do, I do like some of the pieces in the secondary. I don't mind Kendall Fuller. I do like uh, William Jackson that they got from the Bengals. I do really like him. So overall, I, I think they are an improved team. But to get towards thinking that, I mean, I, I expect, to be honest with you, Washington to be sitting there thinking we can win this division. Yeah, then they're going to do that by playing OK on offence and then letting the defensive line take over. And if that doesn't happen, then kind of going to get a season like last year where you win seven games. But if it does happen, I do think that they can flip that record round and get to like a 10 and a 7. Yeah, because I think I think with them, they'll be looking at it like the Eagles are our biggest rivals to beat the Cowboys and take the division off them. But because it's such a QB heavy league and your QB is who it is, they'll be thinking our defence is so good that if we can play well against the Eagles, we could beat them twice. Not saying they will beat you twice because your weapons and stuff and, and how good the team is, but they'll be thinking we can beat them twice. And if we beat them twice, then we've got a hell of a chance to win the division, haven't we? So I do think 
a lot will come down to the Washington Eagles games. Even though the Cowboys are that other team, I could just see the Cowboys losing out of division and stuff. And I just think maybe you're going to see these Eagles-Washington games mean more than they have in the last couple of years. Um, which is interesting. Yeah. Both teams have got great, def- great, great defensive lines. So we'll see loads of sacks, hopefully, on these QBs. <laughs> Um, and Wentz loves to get sacked, so that'd be quite fun. I, I am looking forward to seeing Wentz go back to Philly, I have to say. I don't know how well it's going to go for him with the crowd. Yeah, I mean, I mean to be honest with you, the crowd's not going to be great, is it? But it's, <laughs> it's, it's going to be really, really interesting. It's in November he goes to uh, Philly. It's a Monday night game, actually. From memory, I think it's Monday night football. Yeah, makes sense, doesn't it, to put a game like that on? You get a lot of lot of people watch those games. The NFC yeah. East is always on prime time because they've got some of the most fans across the world, haven't they? They're, they're very yeah. old school teams, aren't they? All four of them, even though Washington obviously has changed its name, they're very historic franchises in terms of fans. So uh, yeah, I'm not surprised that one's on on uh, prime time. Uh, let's move over to the Giants then. Uh, this is kind of the only one really that we want to st- talk about coaching changes. Um, I know we spoke about it last week a little bit just because Dable did leave the Bills and we did obviously that division last week. But um, Brian Dable is the new head coach. Uh, I believe he will call offensive plays. Uh, Mike Kafka is the new OC, who is uh, former Chiefs quarterback coach. Um, and that, surprisingly for me, actually, they also replaced their DC. Um, was it Patrick Graham, wasn't it, who was DC last year? I can't remember where he's gone now. He's gone to Vegas, I think. But um, I thought he was a relatively good DC, so I do think that was uh, that was a little bit of a strange decision. But apparently, um, they wanted to move on from him. They've gone with Wink Martindale, uh, who's obviously with the Ravens. Didn't have a very good defense last year, but a lot of that was because of injuries. Um, so for me, I think before we move on to any players, I think their coaching staff is so dramatically improved um, that even if the roster was the same, which obviously it isn't. I'd be more confident because I thought the, the coaching staff last year was just woeful. I think this is a really good good group of people. Yeah, I mean, you, when you're talking about uh, Dayball and Kafka coming in, I just think that that alone should push you, like you said, with the same roster, that alone should push you over four wins last year. I mean, I mean, we, we, we said kind of like 30 minutes ago that they've had the least wins in the last five years. And it's it's quite shocking, really, when you think about it in, in recent memory, you can still look back and think, this team actually won two Super Bowls in kind of recent recent memory. So it, to, to have the least wins in the last five years really is pretty shocking. So I'd expect an immediate turnaround. And I think the draft was a huge success. Free agency... Uh, kind of mixed bag, but uh, as it has been, I mean, just to get rid of um, Gettleman's free agents <laughs> is, is a win overall. But what yeah. they did draft, I think, will will help them. In the, I, I, I would be very surprised if in the next five years that they were the kind of the lowest uh, win total. Oh, big shout there! <laughs> Everyone into win divisions now. This lot. Um, if we look at free agents, then uh, they've lost loads of players. To be honest. Um, Logan Ryan, Will Hernandez, James Brad- Bradbury, Lorenzo Carter who actually played quite well last year. Um, Keon Crosson, who actually ended up starting at cornerback for them. Uh, in terms of players they've added, um, they added Mark Lewinsky, right guard from the Colts, who I actually really, really like. He was one of our, our, our sneaky additions that we liked to the free agents. Um, and aside from that, there's not really much to, <laughs> to park home about. Uh, they lost Drupal Peppers and Drupal Peppers and Evan Ingram as well. Uh, and then I think Jordan Aitken's a tight end. Uh, he played the most snaps of anyone they added. 
uh, aside from that. So, yeah, I think for me, it's a very strange free agent class. They signed a lot of players for a million dollars, <laughs> which I think says a lot about their, the, the level of players they've got. In terms of the draft, obviously they added um, Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal, two positions they needed. That's their starting pass rusher and their starting tackle. Uh, alongside Andrew Thomas for, for the next 10 years, they hope. Uh, and then they also added Wendell Robinson, I think, in round two, which we'll, we'll talk about. I thought it was a bit of an odd pick, but we'll talk about. Strength of schedule, this is the easiest strength of schedule in the whole league. Obviously, finishing last in the division helps. Then the division has an easy strength of schedule. Um, then that means you end up having an easy strength of schedule. So, um, yeah, overall, I think the offseason is okay for them. Um, we'll talk about the depth charts in a sec. Uh, but I think with an easy schedule, new coaching staff, um, and a little bit of a fresh kind of look around the place without to get on there. I do think things are, are looking up for the Giants. Um, let's start on offense then. Before we move to Daniel Jones, uh, have they done enough to the offensive line to improve it? Because I think that was every Giants fan's nightmare last year was just how bad that offensive line was. Yeah, well, now you've got Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal kind of bookending. I mean, on Neil, I mean, he was spoke about as kind of a number one overall at times last year. So to get him and Thibodeau, really, just to fall to you was, was nice. Uh, um, left guard and Shane Lemieux, I'm not 100% sold on. Obviously, you've got John Feliciano starting at centre this year. He, he, listen, it's not perfect, but when you can kind of bookend Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal, if you can kind of plug them in for the next 10 years, you would say that eventually we'll find maybe a couple of second rounders to plug in at guard eventually, and it will be better for whoever's a quarterback that's not going to be Daniel Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Afraid. Yeah, I would agree on the, uh, the, the two of those parts there. Uh, let's talk about Daniel Jones then. Um, I've heard a lot of people talk about how much Brian Dable improved Josh Allen. Is he going to improve Daniel Jones anywhere near to to that level? I mean, that would want to be. I mean, I'm not not out here saying that he's absolutely awful. He's never going to play a snap again if he doesn't. Well, he's not going to. Yeah, he didn't have his uh, fifth year option picked up, did he? But no, there's no way I can see a a Josh Allen kind of uh, level spike in performance from Daniel Jones. I, I just. I just don't see it coming. I think he'll end up kind of being being a backup somewhere, or he might get kind of like a Trubisky where he gets like a small deal to be a star somewhere else as a plug-in. But for me, I've never been sold on gems at all. I do think that in the division, really when you look at the division overall, I'm out here saying that the, the Cowboys are maybe on the way down and the rest of the teams are on the way up, but the Cowboys have the best quarterback by a mile. And it's kind of, in a, you know, nailed down to a long contract, whereas the rest, really, including the Eagles, is into the, still into kind of like the unknown, like chartered waters. So, yeah, yeah. for me, this is it for Jones. Yeah, I think the Giants are similar to the Eagles as well. They have two first-round picks next year as well where they can go after a QB. Um, it's going to be funny that the two teams are going to be so similar really as well, you know, with um, adding certain types of players, rebuilding a bit of an older defence, trying to get younger, and then they're both going to probably draft a QB, um, which I do find interesting. Uh, I'm kind of with you on Daniel Jones. I do think he could be, I don't know, the problem is I just never think he's going to be as good as like Kirk Cousins. 
Um, you think he's always going to be worse than them, but he has got some physical tools. He's got a much stronger arm than someone like Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, uh, and he can move his feet, but um, his accuracy and stuff is just is just not there, and his decision-making is pretty poor. But hopefully an offense, if you're a Giants fan, the offensive line just not collapsing immediately will help him build his his ability to read defenses because he hasn't had much time to actually <laughs> go through progressions because he gets absolutely smashed or he's on his bike within within a couple of seconds or half seconds. But um, what about the running back position then? A lot was made of Saquon last year. Not good. Um, he looks incredibly fit this year. Um, obviously, that injury normally takes two years to come back from. Do you see the old Saquon coming back or a slightly different version of the old one? Or is he completely gone and this is going to be like Ezekiel Elliott collapse? Because I'm actually quite confident. I think we could see closer to the old version of him back this year, which I think helps their offense so much. Oh, I don't think it matters kind of what team that you're chosen to be a fan of. If you have like a unique talent like Barkley in the league, you want to see him come back and succeed. The last season was really sad actually to watch him kind of like that comeback from his injury and just not be able to cut on the field, like hit a gap or anything. It was sad. I really, I genuinely hope so. He, he, he looks fit, doesn't he? But when you get on the field, it's a, it's a different game, isn't it? So I, I, hope, I really, really hope so. Yeah, same. Uh, the weapons, we'll see if Kadarius Tony sticks around. Bit of a weird off-season for him. Golladay was pretty poor last year. Hopefully fans will, will see a better side of him. Uh, I think Sterling Shepard, this will be his last year, and I think that's why they signed Wendell Robinson. Um, but we spoke about how odd that draft pick was. Do you think there's enough weapons there with the, the random Titans they've got as well? Or are they kind of a wide receiver one short to, to really help whichever QB they have next like season well, after this one? Well, I mean, they need to certainly improve kind of the um, touchdown totals. Kadiri, <laughs> Tony and Golladay, both with a zero last year in receiving <laughs> touchdowns. So, <laughs> so if you're telling me that Dayball and Kafka coming in cannot improve that at, even slightly, then I would be very surprised, to be honest <laughs> with you. I mean, Galladay, I mean, having zero touchdowns with that massive contract, I mean, it looks an absolute disaster. But this season, this season could, they could both improve. Kadiri's Tony's a real strange case, isn't he? At 22, he gets kind of another season before he's labelled as a kind of a first-round calamity. But, yeah, top uh, receiving touchdown last year was Evan Engram, now on the Jags. So. Oh, yeah, true. I forgot he was the top receiver. Um, yeah, that Golladay contract's looking pretty bad, I have to say. It's not looking good at all. Uh, let's flash over to the defence then. Um, I actually really like this defensive line. It's, it is overpaid. But Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, who I like both, they are both overpaid, but I like both, uh, combine them with Azizu Jalari and Kayvon Thibodeau, who are on rookie deals. Uh, I think even though the other two are overpaid, I think the overall cost of the line's okay. And I think that talent's really, really good. And then I like Blake Martinez um, relatively as a, as a linebacker as well. But um, the Bradbury stuff, because they were so up against the cap because David Getman managed to have a team that never won, but also cost more than any other team. Um, <laughs> their secondary, they had to lose Bradbury, and I do worry about the secondary. We've got Julian Love as one of the safeties. Xavier McKinney, who I really like, will be the other safety. Um, but then you're going to have Darnay Holmes, who wasn't even a top 100 pick, I don't think. Um, and then Adoree Jackson, who came over from Tennessee on a bit of an expensive contract as well. Um, is that going to be what kind of ruins the defence? It doesn't matter how good that pass rush is if you're secondary again torn apart every week? Or do you think there's a chance that if Xavier McKinney steps up again, 
they could at least cover the mid- middle of the field well enough to be okay on defence. I mean, on, on paper, the, the, the defensive line has to be kind of incredible to, to keep that up, doesn't it? Because it's the secondary is, on paper, is one of the worst. Yeah, the I mean, if they can kind of scheme it up to... I just don't know what they're going to do. I can see them getting diced in the division, and that means can they score enough points on offence to kind of improve the win total vastly. Um, yeah, I, I do like the defensive line. Obviously, I, I love um, Leonard Williams as a player. I, mean, I can't wait to see Thibodeau, to be honest with you, see how he kind of gets on. I do think... Um, Ojolari as well kind of went under the radar a little bit last summer. Yeah, same. In our in our um, we really liked him in our draft previews, didn't we? In yeah, yeah. But then I, I don't even feel like we said his name throughout the whole season. So uh, we didn't say many Giants names really. <laughs> <I don't laughs> Not really. No. But yeah, overall the worst defence in the division and the secondary is what really could hold them back from improving the uh, win total vastly. Even with the... God, I mean, when, I know you said it had the, they've got the best strength of schedule, but when you look down at it, you're like, my God, the Giants are only like 15-2 and two on this schedule. It's it's absolutely ridiculous, but yeah. Yeah, they've got to win some games on the actual pitch. That's their... <laughs> That's going to be their problem. We'll see if they can uh, they can do it. They're evens, by the way, so one to one to finish last in the division. Um, so that is kind of how how much people think they are going to be the worst team in this division. Uh, we'll see. Uh, let's move on to division predictions then. Um, I think you started last week, so I'll start this week. Um, division winner. Oh, this is tough. This is tough. Division winner. I'm going to go with the. Cowboys still, even though I want to say the Eagles, but I'm just worried about the QB. Um, who do you have as your division winner? Yeah, it is tough, to be honest with you. I, I'm expecting both teams and Washington to not be too far behind that, to be honest. I'm, I'm going to go with the Eagles. I, I don't think any of these teams win 12 games like the Cowboys did last season. I think 11 games is going to win you this division. Yeah, I'll agree. I'm probably going to change that pick to the Eagles immediately uh, when we stop recording. I'm already regretting that choice. Um, so second, I definitely will have the Eagles because I'm not going to put Carson Wentz to, to, to finish there. Um, I think the offense should be a lot better. Um, we're just in the secondary. Looks on paper a lot better than last year. So we'll, they should be a much better team, but I hope Hurts can get it done. I'm already regretting this Eagles to finish second choice. I should have done Cowboys. Um <laughs> Are you going to have the Cowboys finish second then, or are you going to have the mighty Carson Wentz? Like a no, no, I am, I am, I am going to have Dallas second. I, I would expect Dallas to definitely be in the playoffs as well. I do think it's going to be razor sharp with the Eagles and the Cowboys for the division. Even though the Eagles have had vast improvements and there's some real excitement within the fan base, and then when you look through the depth chart, you just think this is so improved. I just think it's going to be so tight. I like the Cowboys second. I'm expecting. Both teams to be within a game of each other, I think. Uh, and that commander's third for you then, same as me? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't think that'll be far behind. I'm expecting uh, more than seven wins. Yeah, I think they could get about eight eight wins. Um, and I think the Giants could probably cap off at about six. 
uh, which between the four teams is actually much improved, really, on last year. I, I have to tell you about this Giants run, right, from, I'm not sure what week it is, to be honest, but from the end of October, they've got the Jags, Seahawks, Texans and Lions, four games in a row. All at oh, oh, Daniel Jones MVP. Well, I know, you see what I mean? Then they go into four divisional games after that, but my God, what a run that is. Yeah, and they're not going to be scared of the divisional games, are they, either, compared to some Yeah, no, no, I mean, no, no one in the East is definitely not scared of each other, so, it's, yeah. I think there's going to be some fun NFC East games, and by fun I mean completely chaotic as well. I mean, we're not going to see the best high-level football at times. I think we're going to see some kind of grind-out games, which should be fun um, with these quarterbacks. Uh, lots of running quarterbacks as well, because even Carson Wentz likes to get on his bike and have a little run, even if he twists both ankles when he lands. He'll have a little, <laughs> he'll have a little run. Um so last question then, number of playoff teams. Uh, I wanted to say two, but then I thought, I think you're going to get Rams and 49ers. I think you're going to get Vikings and Packers, so that's four. You're going to get a division winner in this division, so that's five. You're going to get the Buccaneers, so that's six. And then I was thinking, oh, Saints and Cardinals. So I wanted to say two playoff teams. Um, but I think I'm going to go with one. Wow, Really? I think I'm going to go with one, and I think that might be some Saints bias there, but because I like the Saints a bit more this year. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to go with one. I assume you're two then. Yeah, I'm going to go two like last season, and I'm expecting the West to drop one of their teams because they had three, didn't they, last year? Yeah, Vikings didn't make it last year, did they? No, they didn't. No, Vikings and Saints were both beat out by the Eagles at the end. Well, I'll back Kirk Cousins till I die, clearly, it's just because that's all I did last year. So we'll just keep it going. <laughs> um, nice, cool. So that is, I've gone with Cowboys, Eagles, Commanders, then Giants. You've gone with Eagles from the division, Cowboys second, then same as me, Commanders, Giants. Uh, I've gone with just the Cowboys making the playoffs. Um, you've gone with Eagles and Cowboys making the playoffs. Uh, it'd be quite crazy if we saw three teams from the division make it. You know, Carson Wentz manages to win nine games and he, he ties a random game in December in overtime and then gets in the playoffs. That would, that would be quite crazy, but we'll see. Um, can we see a Super Bowl winner coming out of this division at all? Oh, he's so tough because the AFC is so good. Um, winner, yeah, I think you could get a Super Bowl entrant from this division. Yeah, you're definitely lower on the bucks, though, aren't you, in uh, Rams than you were last year, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I at the moment, I talked myself into him. <laughs> you want to buy yourself a ticket to Arizona, don't you, for the Eagles? We'll see if you can get there. We'll, we'll start a GoFundMe. I'm ready for Pat. Let's get Patrick with a uh, AJ Brown jersey on in in Arizona for the Super Bowl. <laughs> we'll see. Um, cool. That's it for for today's episode. Then um, next week we'll go back to the AFC. We're going to go AFC South. Uh, so we're really going with the strong division first. Um, but yeah, we'll go AFC South and then flip back the week after to the NFC South. That's the plan. Um, go follow us at go for 2 pod two being the number two. Go follow Patrick at Mugs NFL. Also follow Patsy if you want to hear stories about him not being able to get tickets for uh, NFL London. Because <laughs> your timeline must have been filled with that last week. So I know mine was. Yeah, I, I actually, it, was, it felt a positive timeline when those Spurs season tickets uh, came out the other day. So Yeah, it was much more efficient than Wembley, I think, wasn't it? Which is good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Giants and Packers tickets going for about 500 quid a pop at the moment if you want to get yourself one. Um, but yeah, like I said, we'll be back next week. If anything happens with Watson or, or whoever, maybe we'll do an emergency pod in the meantime, but we'll see. Um, enjoy the weekend, guys, and we will speak to you soon.
Yeah, I'll speak to you soon, everyone.